Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the ever-growing, ever-expanding, ever-excellent Social Suplex Podcast Network. You are stuck with me again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We've had some fun with people from down the road from me, a few hundred miles south of me, and about 12,000, 13,000 miles away from me. The party has emptied for the time being and you're back with me on my lonesome. I know Ramadan Ricky is ready to return but it's my turn to not be available. Life got in the way a bit. He's busy when I'm not. I'm busy when he's not. It's just at the time of this recording things are a bit up in the air as far as frequent availability of both Ricky and myself is concerned. Hopefully and I hope we'll get things back to normal over the next couple of weeks or so it's just a bit chaotic at the moment kids are having end of school plays end of school year plays a lot of nonsense going on so I have I have this in the canon and I have a bullet in the chamber this is another canned episode for you recorded ahead of time so whatever I say could be completely out of date it could be irrelevant it could be wrong I shall not apologise, though I still think the overall topic of what I was wanting to talk to you about is relevant any day of the week, so it's another audio essay, if you will. What a... How pretentious did that sound there? Dear me. Anyway, before I go on, make sure to check out powerslam.tv for over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling from across the landscape. Let's put in the social suplex promo code and you'll get that free month uh, and head over to prowrestlingtees.net for a Rick and Clive wrestling show t-shirt as well as One Nation Radios and keeping it strong styles and the social suplex promo code wow that was terrible plugging as per usual that's why I was sacked from my job as an electrician terrible plugging skills anyway these wee monologues that you've had dotted around the last few weeks have suited me from a logistics point of view uh, as far as I'm aware our numbers have stayed the same increased slightly in some aspects so I do I do want to thank you all it, it's come to my realisation that there's people out there who regularly want to 
spend an hour and a bit out of their week to listen to us. So I do, from the bottom of my heart, want to thank you. And I want to thank your friends and your parents and your neighbours who you've had listening for keeping it real. I may be toying with the idea once I run it past Ricky of um, doing more specific topic monologues going forward. It means that there's something there as a backup if there's any holidays we have to think about in advance. It means nobody can disagree with me and put me on the spot and all that jazz. And all that jazz. There is obviously the quiz time invitational which we are 100% committed to. We've still got one quarter final to do. After that we've got the semi-finals and then the finals. So regardless of availability we will knock one out for you. That's what the actress said to the bishop. <clears throat> so this episode is a look at the elephant in the room for WWE stands like myself. <coughs> Just a wee cough there. This is going to be harshly unedited. This is as real as it's going to get, folks. Times are a-changing in whatever way, shape or form you want to say it. It doesn't matter how small or big. There is some sort of shift going on. I don't think it can be denied any longer, however, which way you want to look at it. I think WWE has come under growing scrutiny over the last several months. I think it's always been there. (coughs) It's always there, but since All Elite Wrestling was announced, and that itself has grown arms and legs, the the focus, the, the zoom, has increased on the telescope with which... WWE is studied and criticised. Listen to me talk such shite. Such pretentious nonsense. Everything is up for grabs. Title designs, roster name changes, eh, talent name changes, sorry, ratings, Saudi Arabia. If it's associated with WWE, you can bet your bottom dollar that it's criticised heavily by the ever emboldened internet wrestling community who are getting louder by the day. Well, surprise, surprise, shock horror. I'm going to come to WWE's defence for a wee bit. It's not perfect, I know that. I have my own criticisms of the show, but I'll support it in the grand scheme of things. You can call me a shill. You can call what my friends call a member of the Fed defence squad. But if you're going to defend something, that's because it comes as a result of an attack. An attack, sorry, if I'm going to have to hear hot takes, on all the hot takes under the sun on Twitter, Reddit and the likes, then I'm allowed to give my side of the argument because the culture we're in today, the online culture we're in today, doesn't seem to allow for that. It's all absolutes, no wiggle room for persuasion, no patience for a wrestler to improve, no patience for a story to play out, no patience, for instance, of... 24-7 title, Bray Wyatt's vignettes to run their course minds are made up and that's that but I've, I'm not going to adopt that outlook, I've tried my best not to over the months and years that we've been doing this programme, this programme this podcast and I hope to keep that outlook going so at time of recording Double or Nothing has taken place not too long ago I was cool with it a few decent matches dotted throughout I don't, I don't really care for the Young Bucks. I'm sorry, but I'm not just not a fan of them. I do love Phoenix and Pentagon, though, so 
for me, having recently gotten into the Lucha Underground world, that was really cool to see them in tag team action for the first time. It was great to see my boy Jimmy Havoc dot, um, shows up in ICW now and again. He got some time to shine and MJF was fantastic. The, the pot shots he gave, he directed towards Bret Hart were excellent. It was almost blasphemous as they escaped from his face that they were done at all. <coughs> <coughs> there were, for me though, there were flaws aplenty in this um, pay-per-view. A couple of matches had botched the timekeeping calls, botched moves were redone in the main event. Um, JR sounded clueless at point, directionless, he didn't know where he was at some stages. But I feel as if that will all be glossed over because it's the first show, they're just finding their feet, blah blah, all that stuff. Despite all that, despite all these flaws and it sort of saying, yeah, it's our first show, they'll get used to it. All I seem to hear is that they're better than WWE, that this was the best show of the decade. Hyperbole to the max. I'm not going to reject AEW outright. The stuff that was within the AEW fictional universe, great. Loved it. I loved the Cody Rhodes-Dustin match. Um but the behaviour and the word choice of the big players, these EVPs and their interviews, Starcast, their promos online, EVPs might I add, it does put me off. That may come from being a WWE stan, but if you want me, if you want me as a fan to like what you're putting out, just concentrate on your own kayfabe. It's not that hard to do, really, is it? Write your own stories, and then I'll be invested. But if I, did, if I was to go against that narrative in public, uh, online, then I'm that shill again, which is quite funny because some of these people have the blinders on as well. But if I've given, if I've given it time and compiled legitimate concerns for me as to why I don't really want to follow it or even support that product due to all this carry on with, well, we don't do it like they do in WWE, then... I don't, I don't even think I'll give an opinion I just won't bother, I won't watch uh, but that's that's not the case with what WWE put out, uh, people are on their soapboxes giving it loudly, but they still continue to watch talking hot takes, shit posts, whatever you want to call it it's baseless shit that somehow multiplies and manifests into something huge retweets, twitter and that's your fault, and also Liking liking tweets seems to appear on people's timelines. So all these hot opinions are just getting thrown in the faces. For me, it's become a thing that opinion matters. If I, I want to hear what people are saying and take on board what they're saying and I want to have proper debates with people. And if you want me to take things, not me, if people want their opinions to be taken at face value... If you want your opinion to matter, the way but the way people speak in absolutes the way they do, then there has to be some basic skills in like debate or argument or whatever you want to call it. Don't just sound like <coughs> an idiot, like that guy who's been coming at me on Twitter, Mark Elite or something. That's quite a fucking name he's got there actually. Uh it's just clearly a twelve, thirteen year old guy. Oh, WWE shit. This should have brought back the Attitude Era even though this guy's 13 uh, AEW this, AEW that it's like, come on 
have a have a general sense of oh I don't want to sound pretentious again but rhetoric rhetoric whatever you want to call it it's something I've actually come to it's entered my leisurely reading quite a bit recently rhetoric uh, and it's take, I've taken quite an interest in it actually you know, the old debate format as it pertains to wrestling you've got the first part of it first part of good rhetoric comes from ethos which is kind of it's like basically having the credentials to be able to be taken seriously and I know there are young fans out there there are new fans they might not be in that position to say I'm an expert in this so this is why what I should, what I say should be taken as gospel so for the purposes of Twitter I'm willing to let that one slide you can spot these folk a mile away though so it would be unfair to base someone's hot takes on the strength of their their credentials so I'm not going to do that the other part of ethos though is uh, oh, no shit here I go here I go again with my heart it's pathos I think it's called it's the second piece in the puzzle of forming a good debate or argument it's forming a respectable foundation for a debate that warrants attention my attention anyway it's uh, about bringing an emotional connection an emotional connection to the table talking from an an emotional stance on something that tugs at the heartstrings or garners sympathy or empathy or simply make someone stop and think to themselves hmm I would like that I wouldn't like that if that were to happen that doesn't sit right with me things like that things that make you think and you don't get a lot of that online you get the opposite instead of having relatable stuff to say many just alienate instead there's this person shall remain nameless but there was a podcaster who I've listened to for quite some time on Twitter a couple of weeks ago it might have been money in the bank or so this person has been in the game for a long time so for me they do have credentials, maybe not an expert but they've got enough experience to know what they're talking about then they just hit out with a tweet saying Naomi is a fucking awful wrestler and that is a quote that just all that does is just get the hairs in your neck up it gets your cockles up that's not cockles I don't know what the feck I'm talking about it, it evokes a completely negative response and I don't want to deal with, I don't want to engage with that person anymore because they're just going to hit out with stuff that I vehemently disagree with why would I want to get into an argument with a tit for tat a childish immature response to someone not being as good a wrestler as you would want them to be if you're going to hate what they said and get into a Twitter war or you're going to retweet it or adopt that opinion yourselves based off a completely uh, incendiary comment, it just takes off that doesn't merit a good person to sort of base your social media interaction on, this is basically turning into a social media lesson (laughs) and I don't mean to preach, I really don't it's just that the social media world is it's awful right now and it seems to come to a head this was part of one of my monologues I did about heels a few weeks ago and maybe I should take a break from it but I've got plugging of podcasts to do and all that stuff I feel as if it's a necessary evil but 
social media is something that's been playing on my mind a lot and I just want to get this off my chest and I'm looking for content so either deal with it or turn it off or buy the t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.net the <coughs> sorry I just paused to have a wee munch of a Snickers bar and it caught in my throat anyway the last part of this rhetoric which I'm condescending you about is logic or logos log, logos I don't know how you pronounce it evidence basically this is where you want to approach something with facts proper facts something that's frankly hard to come by in the wrestling world today because these facts for uh, quote unquote they can be twisted and warped to suit a particular narrative but it's something that many claim to have regardless even the higher up guys you know who I'm talking about what gets me is all of a sudden everyone is a business expert when it comes to professional wrestling all of a sudden people are wrestling business fans over and above a wrestling fan if that makes sense people are paying more attention to or getting more satisfaction seemingly from figures, numbers TV ratings, pay-per-view buys merchandise charts on websites whatever's trending right now contract durations what why, what has this got to do none of this is focused on what's going on in the ring why is that? I'm not. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm looking for a genuine answer from someone. So, when you listen to this, hit me up. Tell me why these things influence your enjoyment of wrestling. Because for me, I don't know why they should have any bearing on the joy that I get from the actual wrestling. And I've. I, w- <clears throat> I want to use a specific event. I want to use as an example the NXT UK takeover that happened in Blackpool in January. I wanted to use this one because simply it's so far it's been my favourite show of 2019 biased probably it's probably biased it might even very much be the case but wrestling fandom is basically biases and favourites it's what's made this online gang mentality we see today anyway, back to Blackpool that actually sounds like an album from an old crooner who's hitting the Blackpool Tower Ballroom for the first time in years. Back to Blackpool with Michael Bublé. Anyway. Oh, uh, sorry, I just dropped something there. Was the Blackpool card full of British, like, like, total British legends? Not legends, powerhouses. Yes, global powerhouses. To, to a much lesser extent, are any of these people moving the needle? in the grand scheme of things, who knows I don't know what network viewing figures are like I don't even know if they're made public Ah, uh, the grizzled young vets Dave Mastiff, Joe Coffey Jordan Devlin are these the biggest names in pro wrestling are they must see attractions not really, they are for me but not for everyone, did they put on a hell of a show personally oh yes, better believe it I don't know what's I don't want to know what's under the hood of the car behind the curtain to determine whether the first takeover for a new brand was a, a success or not. 
for me it was a remarkable achievement and nothing no numbers of views in the network, no star ratings nothing will take that away from me that'll be an event I'll remember for a long time a guy who lived lived and grew up miles from where I stayed grew up, stayed and grew up was in the main event against a guy Pete Dunne who's become quite a force in WWE, a lot of people know who he is but these statistics that I'm mentioning, these facts and figures, they're, they're basically used by some to, val- to validate their opinion that WWE is shit. One I'll use for an example which is close to my heart is 205 Live. People say 205 is shit, uh, nobody watches this. That may be true. I personally am struggling with 205 right now. But maybe if you took a message to people who say it's shit but haven't actually watched it if you took some time away from trolling for trolling's sake or scrolling the info- internet for facts and figures that could be cooked or slanted towards whatever narrative you're moving towards and use that time to actually just sit down it's not even an hour, it's 45 odd minutes you can skip through the adverts you can skip through the wweshop.com and all that shit you're talking 40 minutes or so you'll enjoy the matches you might have a different opinion on it then I'm going off on a wee bit of a tangent but see if a decent amount of people did that they focused their negative energy into positive you might not be able to say nobody watches anymore see see the power of positivity that's the new day I've been saying that for ages people the power of positivity that's not how it works, is it? I can't remember the rhythm. But that's just me. I'm a bit of a 205 live mark. And it's just a bit frustrating, the shade that's thrown 205's way. Some of it is merited, but some of it is just based on complete, even willful ignorance, which is just not the best way forward. And these are more sort of illogical, illogical arguments that don't hold much merit for me. It really grinds my gears. Another thing is all, all the, the things that the top tier wrestling journalists say, report, speculate on, is used again to validate people's opinions. That echo chamber. I just, why? What's different from Dave Meltzer's opinion than that of your pals or an independent podcaster or someone who you get like Daniel Bryan would say someone who's your intellectual peer why would you listen to Dave Meltzer I won't outright say he's got bias to, against WWE but he's very cynical of the product and he might warp your opinion on something and you'll ride that wave he's very, he is cynical that's for sure and some of these opinions that the top tier talent have they're based on what they believe they know backstage and we've seen it we've seen all the shit that comes out that's not true it's another thing that WWE are unfairly criticised for and it's these bullshit news reports out there online some of these news reports are true granted but some of them are complete shite and I pulled this up earlier I'm going to be a bit of a mark for myself I did a column for the Lords of Pain forum column competition thing magic a few months ago and it was talking about people's obsession with behind the scenes rather than the wrestling 
and it's specifically aimed at all the dirt sheets and what not. So if I start sounding all <coughs> proper languaged, then it's because this what I'm about to say was written carefully and ahead of time. So here we go. Uh, where is it, right? We are now more than ever in a world where a massive game of Chinese whispers is at play. Now, I learned from friend of the show, Cathy67, that Chinese whispers is not what it is called in America or Canada. I can't remember the name of it over there. But it's when someone whispers something to you and you have to pass on what that person said and the message might translate into something completely different till you get to the end of the line. So, there's there's what Chinese whispers is. Uh, Wrestling news, sources, personalities, interviews or intentionally and I mean intentionally vague cryptic Twitter posts from underused, underutilised performers no matter how the gossip comes to be or whether or not the actual content is accurate what is initially a whisper becomes a big massive roar Uh, where am I? I've lost the page it's paraphrased, it's contorted and moulded into the roar there I said roar already the truth is lost along the way with alarming frequency the final product regularly results in false verbatim, accepted by perhaps not an overwhelming majority, but a very vocal minority. That problem, though, is that the minority's voice is growing in volume by the week, as wilder rumours replace the already outlandish ones that came before. The line between fact and fiction becomes exponentially more difficult to determine, even when something turns out to be wrong. The consensus is that WWE is at fault regardless. The damage is done already, and if it's different from what fans expected, it's considered a failure. When it is as forecasted, the product is deemed too predictable, and as a result, your your WWE are in a lose-lose situation, and they are. That's been a that's a behaviour that's been honed and adopted by the dirt sheet guys. Now, I'm going to use Sasha Banks as an example for this one. Again, I'm recording this way ahead of time before release, so there's a source material isn't today as you listen. But it's an example from recent times. I'll admit Sasha Banks' social media use is a mess. It's more cryptic than a Bray Wyatt promo. Who knows what's going on in that lassie's head sometimes. But there was a report immediately following uh, WrestleMania that she and Bailey had temper tantrums and lay on the floor after after their match, losing the tag titles in protest. Immediately alarm bells should be ringing, but that gained traction. And Sasha, Sasha has poo-pooed that online. Sasha's uh, spouse himself has poo-pooed that. The Iconics poo-pooed it. But even then, people still think Sasha's a petulant crybaby uh, who wants to get her way and is unwilling to do the compromise. Sasha's status is in, is it's up in the air but shit like that is not helping anybody that's making WWE out to look like the worst people ever but it's based on lies, lies. there is something going on with Sasha right now but to make it out as if she's acting in such a, a childish manner well, well well done Ryan Satin for that one fucking oh ter- I'm, I mean I've been vocal of my criticisms of Sasha Banks before, but if they're going to um, start a narrative based on lies, then that's not on. It's that Chinese whispers again that's the problem. Um, 
it becomes that narrative that fans, podcasters, whoever else they use to shape an opinion that for all we know is a steaming pile of dick. Uh, dick. <laughs> a steaming pile of dick is not what I meant to say. Cred- all that credibility is out the window. Logic's out the window. And if you don't come at something with logic and the other stuff I was talking about earlier on, then you are in a small part to blame for creating this anti-social media my new term that I'm going to use and I'm going to patent it and trademark it now with Sasha Banks Sasha Sasha Banks comes uh, this whole creative control thing back to the creative control that is a biggie Dean Ambrose has just dropped this uh, podcast the one that he did with Jericho and it was a, an expose on the creative process of WWE. A lot was said. I'm not going to dissect it. We could be here all day. But the gist of it, and I mean the bare bones gist of it was, it boiled down to Dean not liking how his character was portrayed. I'm not going to lie. I understand his frustrations, but I enjoyed a lot of Dean Ambrose's main roster career. I enjoyed his promos. I enjoyed the, the wacky stuff because be you, that's you, that's so you Vince would say to him that's who I fell in love with, Dean Ambrose was one of my favourites it seems to be the six month span where he was a heel that he's got the most issue with he's very bitter about that and I wasn't a fan of it either some of it I was, some of it I wasn't but Dean wanted wanted more control of his character right let's for talking sake say that Dean sorry excuse me, John Moxley should use his his other name now say that John Moxley not Dean Ambrose because we was at WWE at the time say he gets creative control whether more or all of it of his own um, persona right, what's next then? or who's next? does every programme involving Dean Ambrose have to cater to what he wants? not so much wins and losses that's not what I'm saying but does it have to does it have to mould around his character and to hell <clears throat> to hell with the credibility? No. The continuity of his opponents or the people he's in a programmes with, their own character arcs. Or what if one of his own what if the people he's working with gets jealous and they want that creative control too? Uh, wrestler B A, B C all the way down to Z for uh, Zack Ryder, he should get no creative control. In fact, he should get some plastic surgery on that chin. That's that's a his chin. Zack Ryder's chin is a natural disaster. That's true. Uh, sorry. Once once that wrestler gets a taste of that sort of creative license control, there's no. Are you going to be able to run a tight ship after that? With three hours on Monday night, two hours on a Tuesday, sometimes five if the whole brand split thing is done away with. By that time, all creative direction that the company has has gone out the window. I would assume. You can't, surely you can't just cater to one person's whims if it snowballs in that way, if it's avalanches in such a fashion. Where does it end? Where do you plug that gap or the leak before you've left 
before all you're left with is people doing jobs for the boys and you've got a chain wreck of a product creative creative input is a given I do get that as far as character is concerned but when you are just one one small piece piece of the puzzle one piece in a jigsaw and you've got to fit into space in order in order to merge with the rest of that jigsaw you've got to merge with everyone and everything else look at the See that hangman page and pack situation? That was a, a bit of a disaster on a few fronts. If, there's, if there isn't some entity to steal that ship and be responsible for all the cogs and wheels spinning <coughs> of that ship, then it's going to crash. It's going to crash into the iceberg. There you go, folks. How's that for an analogy for you? I'm all for wrestlers having a voice. I really am. And standing up for themselves when it comes to the creative direction. It shows that you do. It shows that they do care about who they're presented. But again, it's got to fit in with the rest. Then all the talent have to be singing. See, if you do that, I know I'm mixing up here. If you do that, then all the talent have got to be singing off the same hymn sheet as well. Are the talent going to have time to piece together a three-hour show? Are the talent going to be have the ability to be humble? Hmm, I, doubt, I heavily doubt it. That's Lord of the Flies stuff there. Wrestling, the wrestling Lord of the Flies. I should note, for the record though, writers could, right now, writers should do better. There's a lot of stuff I'm not crazy on in the main roster right now. But writers need to start paying better attention to continuity of character, of story, of character. Um, where wrestlers are on the totem pole pay attention to what you have done in the past to make those wrestlers who they are today and stick with that instead of deviating from the norm unless it's some sort of wild swerve but don't give the keys to those people entirely I personally think I really think that's a recipe for disaster Uh Let's let's see how AEW handles that creative process. If you're going to give everyone creative control, can they keep it together? All that they want to do without some wrestlers <coughs> pack going into business for themselves doesn't matter if it was for Dragon Gate or not. That was bad crack. Are they going to have to deal with this in the future? And is there going to come a point in the future where Cody and Young Bucks and Kenny and whoever's involved in the creative process say, right, stuff it? You're living by our, our rules now. I would not be surprised at all if that came to be. Oh, I'm tired, guys. I'll quote. A, I will quote a friend of the show's catchphrase: "Rance Morris, shout out to Rance." I say all that to say this: all that nonsense that I've been saying tonight to say this. We are apparently in the beginnings of a new war between. WWE and AEW a lot of shit's been aimed at WWE of late are we going to pretend that the same defence squad mentality that I'm guilty of yep I am are we going to pretend that the same yeah buts no buts the same mental gymnastics move the goalposts all that stuff isn't being carried out by AEW fans Uh in favour of what AEW are doing, fans who want to see WWE burnt to the ground, 
on. It exists. AEW, the elite defence squad, is real, ladies and gents. I'm saying all this, a lot might have changed since I recorded this, I don't know. The grass might end up <coughs> greener on the other side. We, <coughs> oh, excuse me, we will not know that. We won't know that until some significant time has passed and all of that stuff that I've talked about that WWE are criticised for is not also the case for AEW. If we if we were to hit out with the same shit that these guys hit out with without an inkling of true knowledge or facts or statistics to back it up, if they're dressed up as absolutes and not opinions, then you'll not get out of this swamp. It will be a, a manky war online, one that I'm not ready for. It's just... It's getting further and further away from what wrestling's supposed to be. And you guys know that Ricky and Clive like to keep things positive on the show. We like to defend WWE. We like to make sure we look at things from different angles. But in Ricky's absence, I've got stuff to say. Not that I wouldn't say it without him. I'm just trying to think of content to bring out while we're waiting for the return of Ricky. I just felt as if this was something that had to be said, that WWE are indeed under fire, but fans, not just AEW, many fans of many other promotions should hold a mirror up to their face, their companies, their preferred company of choice's face and say, do you know what, maybe that is the case. And I think we would all get on along, get along a lot better than we do just now. Uh, I don't know how that came across, that was a weird one tonight, but it's in the bag. As promised, we will keep continuing to give content. Uh, This will drop on the 12th of June, I believe. If not the 12th of June, then I just lied to you. You can call me a dirt sheet specialist. Next week, I can't promise anything, but maybe someone's returning, maybe someone isn't. Anyway... This has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. We are on the Social Suplex Podcast Network alongside other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, NXT Then Now Forever, Get In The Ring and All Things Elite. Uh, we are on the Wrestling Square, We are all on the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group which is our forum of sorts and if you go to the podcast app that you're using, give us a nice five-star review. Smash that five-star button, smash it hard, and smash it often. Head over to socialsuplex.com where you can find all the columns and podcasts, subscribe to get them sent directly into your email inbox. Powerslam.tv, if you put in the Social Suplex promo code, you'll get over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling free for one month. From all around the world and power shit. One of these days I'm going to get a plug correct and it'll be the day that I pass on probably. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.net I've got a few social suplex t-shirts on there so guys, that's it. Uh, I'm tired. I've already done some stuff tonight and it's late and I am up early doors in the morning. Hope you've enjoyed this. I hope I hope it's made you think about I hope it's just made you take a wee step back and think about things 
instead of just going in all guns blazing and ready to shoot from the hip. Take aim first. Check your gun. Oh, shut up, Brian and Clive. Shut up with your shit talk. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and someone will speak to you next week. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.